In this episode of Speak Out and Play for October 2023, I will be discussing what's in the works, upcoming videos on Seek Out and Play YouTube channel, a new section called Warfighter Corner, and the fourth in my series of How to Create a War Game YouTube channel, all next on Speak Out and Play. Hello and welcome to Speak Out and Play, a monthly podcast from the creator of Seek Out and Play YouTube channel, which just happens to be me. I created the podcast channel to provide another outlet for producing content that I hope will be useful for you. As with any ongoing process, it will change over time as I get better. Well, at least I hope I get better at doing this. So let's get started with what's in the works for the Seek Out and Play YouTube channel in the upcoming months. At the time of this recording, I have completed the audio timelines for the videos which will air on the channel starting in January of 2024 through the end of June. This does not include the Thrilling Tales videos which I produce each month. Uh, I've completed recording the narration and created a timeline that includes sound effects and music, which means that when I start shooting later this month, I will just need the video part to add to the timeline and the videos will be complete. Uh, this is a time saver as I put together each video in pieces. It allows me to be a little bit more creative in how I shoot the video and not be a, in a great rush to get it all completed. It's a process that I will cover later in this podcast in how to create a YouTube channel. But basically what I do is I divide up writing the scripts, recording the narration, assembling the timeline, and finally shooting the video to make it simpler and easier to put each video together. In addition, I am putting together this month's Thrilling Tales video, which will be a substantial change from what I've done before, but not really a change at all. Since I started my YouTube channel back in 2019, I have created an after-action report for the old out-of-print Uquinto game Attack of the Mutants. This October, I'm turning that into a Thrilling Tales format. While Warfighter will be the subject of most Thrilling Tales videos, I will include other games as well, starting with Attack of the Mutants. Uh, this Uquinto game is a natural, given how it plays out like a B-movie from the 1950s, and I will also be experimenting by using different AI voices and changing the structure of how the story is told for this particular video. As of now, I don't have any external videos that I'm creating, which is not all that unusual for this time of year. I do hope to get some more work soon, but I'll have to see what comes up. Until then, I'm using my time to get the channel ready for next year. I know you've been wondering on what videos are coming up on the channel over the next month, so here we go. On October 18th, 2023, I will have a Warfighter expansion unboxing for Castle Frankenstein. This is the third of the three World War Z expansions that have been put out by DVG so far, at least so far at the time of this recording. So this will complete the trifecta of expansions, which include uh, Relay and Dagon. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing the reaction for Castle Frankenstein. I know that World War Z is a somewhat popular topic, so we'll see what, uh, we'll see what happens, I guess. Uh, the following week on October 25th, the last 
Wednesday in October, I will have, as I mentioned before, Attack of the Mutants, done Thrilling Tales style. Every year I do an after-action report, and I've tried to improve it every year, so hopefully this one will work a little bit better. Uh, We'll see. I mean, it was a great game. It came right down to the wire, and so it made for a really interesting radio presentation, which is what I do with Thrilling Tales. On November 1st, uh, I will put out a Warfighter Quick Start Guide. This is a guide to new players who want to get a jump start on Warfighter. It explains exactly what you need to know to get started, so it's short to the point. And, you know, hopefully it gives you a launching point if you've been considering Warfighter. So this is basically for the World War II versions and the modern version for Warfighter. Uh, It's a great quick start guide, and it covers the basic rules for that. And then on November 8th, uh, it's another unboxing. This time it's Operation Granby. And we uh, get out of World War II and advance to the modern day, basically, at least go up a few decades for this unboxing. So I do have Warfighter. You know, I got all the Warfighter core sets. So uh, this was a fun unboxing to do. So I hope you enjoy it. And as you can see, the three out of the next four videos are going to be on Warfighter, but that will change a bit for the rest of the year. There'll still be at least one Warfighter video per month. However, there will be more videos on Upfront and other games as well. But speaking of Warfighter, let's talk about this game a little bit more in our next segment, Warfighter Corner. There are a wide variety of missions in Warfighter, which have variations on the standard mission, which include raid and escape. In those instances, if you proceed as if it were a standard mission, uh, that's how raid and escape plays out. A raid mission means that you reach the objective and then come back to the mission card, while an escape mission means that you start on the objective and you move backwards towards the mission cards. Holding actions are different. You start out by laying out the mission, objective, and locations. You place your soldiers on the objective card. Then you place one enemy combatant on each location every turn. You do not place hostiles when the locations cards are placed as per the normal rules, nor do you place hostile reinforcements unless the location card states always draw for reinforcements or you have soldiers in that location. So every turn... There is an ever-building number of hostiles as you play one hostile per location for the mission. And pretty soon they build up like a big tide that seems quite daunting at first. But there are a few things you can do to help stem that tide and give your forces a better chance of success. The first thing I do is use at least two player soldiers in holding action missions. I I think that's a must. Uh, I also try to find a non-player soldier that has a good weapon like a medium machine gun. I use the mortar support and naval fire support against the big stack of hostiles. And don't be afraid to advance into a location if necessary to help you win the game. Two-player soldiers provide greater flexibility in terms of discarding and drawing. The more action cards you can pull, the greater chances you have of finding extra fire actions, mortar support, and other helpful events. Having an NPS with a powerful weapon such as a medium machine gun can be quite helpful. A machine gun will be the centerpiece of your defense. 
This also means that you need to arm the player soldiers with weapons that have compatible ammunition as they can carry extra ammo that will feed the medium machine gun as well. Uh, the medium machine gun is great because it has basically a 50% or even greater chance of hitting at range zero, but even up to two locations away, it can be quite powerful. So if you can build your defense around a medium machine gun, that would be the ideal situation. Mortar and naval fire support cards can blow away stacks of enemy soldiers in a single location. Uh, so try to hang on to them as long as you can, as long as practical, so that you can knock down those big stacks. Keep in mind that the movement rules in which hostiles much must exceed the location entry cost by two plays a role in this because quite often this will bunch hostiles together in a single location and when that happens that's when you unleash the mortar or the naval fire support card and finally don't be afraid to advance into a new location if the situation warrants it to happen especially if it's late in the game when hostile reinforcements may not matter as much because if you blow away some dangerous hostiles at close range using grenades or other range zero actions it's possible to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat if you find that you are still unable to win at holding actions don't change the rules instead increase the number of resource points by 10 or so and try again you know, it's one thing to set house rules, which sometimes I do for holding action missions. For example, any card that is a mobile, I tend to take out because what's the point of it? But uh, changing the rules because you haven't won, that to me is like a non-starter. Uh, I know that holding actions can be difficult, but they're not impossible. So just start by increasing the number of resource points and find the level that works for you and then start shaving down those points to make the mission more challenging. Keep in mind that not all missions are designed to be a balanced 50-50. There are good reasons why missions like holding actions and hold the line are considerably tougher. A last stand or holding back enemy forces with meager resources is going to be quite difficult. So keep that in mind when you play one of these specialty missions. So now that you have the basics of what to do for a holding action, how do you create your own set of tactics to use in a video? Well, how coincidental, because what's up next is my continuing series of how to create a Wargame YouTube channel. I've already covered the basics in the first three parts of the series. From now on, I'll just give some tips. One way to do that is by separating the audio production from the video production. And while that may sound like double the work, it really brings about better results and in less time than you might think. Many YouTube channels have videos where we see the host on screen narrating the message that they want to get across. This is the standard startup camera, start talking, stop talking, turn off camera technique. This is normally punctuated by either moving objects closer to the camera, such as holding counters, cards, or pieces close to the lens for the autofocus to kick in and then pulling them away so the autofocus goes back to putting you in focus, or by moving the camera itself, either panning on the tripod or on a gimbal to the map or the location that you want while you're talking. Now, doing this may sound quick, but it can also be really clunky. And the worst part is, is that when you try to do everything at once, it's really easy to forget or skip over the details that you want to get across. Uh, you can avoid that by doing one of two things. Either record yourself on video doing the entire narration and then shooting video of the items you mention at another time 
or you can record your narration off screen like I do and then video only the items that are mentioned. Uh, you can also do a kind of combination of both by videoing yourself for an intro and an outro and then filling in the rest with off-screen narration and shooting the videos of the items that you want. Now, while all of this sounds a lot more complicated and time-consuming, it really isn't once you get everything down. For example, I record my audio separately, sometimes days or even weeks before I add the video. Then I create an edit track that includes the narration, music, and sometimes sound effects that I want to add. And then after that, I shoot the video and add that to the top. It's uh, a layering process, much like putting cars on a train track. The audio is the track, the video is the cars. And at least that's how I learned to edit a long time ago, back on tape when we didn't have much of a choice. But uh, it still works today, and it's a, it's a very powerful and easy way to edit. When you record your audio and shoot your video separately, you can fit them into the time that you have to create videos better. Because you're doing each piece separately, that means you actually take less time at once to get it done. For example, recording the narration is pretty easy. You know, you just got to set up the microphone, have your script in front of you, and just perform it. Uh, try not to read it, you know, because people can tell when you're reading something. So instead of doing that, just pretend that you're saying it in front of an audience as if you're giving a performance. Uh, I am reading right now just about every word that you are hearing. And hopefully it sounds like I'm saying it off the top of my head and not reading it as if it were on paper. Audio recording, editing, and creating an edit track is pretty easy and fast to do. For example, for one of my three-minute videos, it generally takes me about 10 minutes to record and then edit the narration. That way, I can remove any mistakes, fumbles, curse words, screaming, yelling, all that stuff that I do that you don't hear. And I, I can also add spaces where needed, like you hear in this podcast where I put in music in between to separate the different sections. But the most important aspect is, is that by doing it off camera like this, I can make sure I get everything I want to mention into the podcast or narration. Being on camera and doing the narration does take more time if you want to get it right. Because I have other things to do in my life, which probably include all of you as well, I find that recording off camera is a lot faster, easier, and more complete in getting what I want across. Shooting the video and getting all the items I mentioned in a three-minute video takes about 30 minutes to do, sometimes longer or shorter, depending on the number of shots that I need. And then adding the video to the edit track and posting it to YouTube takes about another 30 minutes or so. Uh, now, I will add a step in that, something you don't have to do, but I usually compress the video after I've shot it so that it uploads faster. Now, that takes a little bit more time. But that's the time that I use to do other things. And that's how I break down what I do. So I will record and edit the narration at one time. And then, you know, I'll shoot the video at one time. I'll compress the video at one time and then put it all together at, at another time. So I do it in three or four sections rather than all at once. And when that's done, uh, I completed a short, informative, and professionally edited video of three minutes that takes me about 75 to 90 minutes to do overall. Now, once again, the more video you have to shoot, the longer it will take. But the narration, even if it's three minutes or five minutes, that generally doesn't take much longer to do that. And that's it for this month's Speak Out and Play podcast. Be sure to check out the Seek Out and Play YouTube channel. 
and my Facebook and Twitter or X channels for Seek Out and Play. Plus, I have a Patreon page which accepts small monthly donations so I can keep this channel moving along with this podcast going. Your support will be greatly appreciated as it helps me to continue to work on the videos and podcasts that I create. Thank you, take care, play more war games, and if you see Sally, bring her all the way home.